0: Hi, and welcome to AGM Watch, brought to you by the Australian Shareholders Association. Coming up on November 5, 2020, is the Flight Centre AGM, ASX Code FLT. Our company monitors are Kelly Buchanan and Mike Sackett. Hello. Hi. Hi, Phil. Thank you very much for joining us. Okay, so you've sent me some potential points for discussion about the FLT AGM, and I wasn't really aware that they were um, one of the top five global travel companies
1: That's um, pretty big. It is pretty big. They're not just the little shop down on the corner. They do a lot more than that.
2: And operating in 23 countries.
0: 23 countries. Mm, That's right. And they started out just basically as a little backpacking company many years ago, didn't they?
1: They did. Screw Turner, the current managing director, is the founder of the company. He started it, I guess, when he was quite young. I think he started off doing something like bus tours in Europe for young people, and that seemed to go pretty well, and he came back to Australia and continued on, and it's bigger than Ben Hur now.
0: Well, it is, but it's been uh, particularly affected by COVID-19, hasn't it?
1: Terribly, terribly. The revenue has dropped significantly. Off the top of my head, I don't remember the exact figures, but I know they closed 800 shops in April and another 90 more in September. So that's a lot of stores to close.
2: I think the interesting thing is they were uh, cruising along on track up to middle of March and then suddenly the the crisis hit and their revenue stream went to practically zero. But of course, at that
1: time, they had still a very high uh, cost base.
0: And they've attacked that uh, cost base now, haven't they?
1: They have. They've reduced their costs enormously. They've raised capital. They sold a building in Melbourne. They're still not profitable currently or last time we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago but bit by bit by bit they're slowly getting better things are improving but as they told us there's going to be no magic wand it's just going to happen gradually
0: and uh, how has the dividend been affected
1: well they paid their dividend which was for the second half of financial year in i think september october of last year which was because everything was tracking along fine And then this year in February, they declared a dividend that was related to the first half earnings of the company. And then in March, they very quickly cancelled it. So they didn't pay a dividend in March, April when they usually do.
2: Maybe one thing, Phil, just by way of introduction, I think it's important to note that flight centre has both corporate travel uh, and leisure travel. And in the last year, they've appointed separate CEOs for corporate and for leisure our impression is that the um, corporate travel was, was becoming increasingly uh, profitable pre-COVID. It seems to be recovering more quickly or less slowly, perhaps, than leisure. But anyway, it is a, a fundamental uh, distinction, and that applies. Uh, the corporate travel and its profitability is, is particularly significant in the US.
0: So let's have a, a talk about the capital raising and the retail entitlement offer. How was that? And um, I believe they did a patrio on this one as well.
2: Yeah, a, again, the, um, they acted very quickly. Um, as you recall, the, the COVID crisis really came on around about uh, early to mid-March. They did an institutional capital raise of uh, $562 million in early April. Um, at $7.20 a share. And if you consider that earlier in FY20, the share price had been as high as 49, and even a year or two earlier in the 60s, it does uh, indicate the extent to which they were hit. Anyway, the the um, institutional capital raise seems to have gone well. And then in uh, early May, they were seeking $138 million through a, a retail entitlement offer. It was fairly well subscribed, something like 92 million plus further 14 uh, through their over subscription uh, facility. But it was still something less than, than 100%. And you're quite right, it met the uh, patrio requirements in all respects, except it was not renounceable. In other words, the rights entitlement was not tradable. We did ask the chair in our pre-AGM meeting about that. And the, uh, I don't think the answer was particularly satisfactory, but clearly it was more time-consuming, more difficult to do that renounceable share offering.
1: Yeah, in our pre-AGM meeting with the chairman, they told us that they originally wanted to raise $500 million. Um, the institutions um, came along and said they, wa- they were happy to take up to $2.4 billion. Um, so the company upsized to seven hundred million, um, going for you know five hundred million from institutions and one hundred and thirty eight is what they wanted from retail. So, it sounds like there's a lot of institutional appetite for more shares of Flight Centre.
0: There was a real rush, wasn't there? As soon as COVID nineteen hit, there was a, a rush to capital raisings, and as you say, Flight Centre was one of the first.
2: It certainly was one of the first off, first cab off the rank. Yes, there's been a real plethora of raisings. It really, has continued until the recent past.
0: So let's turn to corporate governance. They've only got a, a very small board and um, you mentioned that there's only one female on the board. Tell us about your thoughts there, please.
2: We are certainly not fans of large unwieldy boards, but it does seem that a board of five is, is perhaps verging in the other direction. And uh, given that the guideline is for at least 30% male and female representation, we uh, think it might make sense for a flight centre to consider appointing an additional female that would enlarge and refresh the board and would help them to achieve the, the gender target.
1: And in our meeting with them, we, we raised this. We also raised the issue that the chairman has now been there for 13 years And by now, under ASA guidelines, he's no longer considered independent. So they did reassure us that they had been working on a succession plan and were hoping to add another new director, especially a female, but that the COVID crisis has really swamped them and taken all of their energy. And they've had to put that on the back burner for now.
0: And included on the board is the founder and CEO, Screw Turner. Are there any issues
1: there? I can't see any issues. He owns over 16.5 million shares in the company, and clearly this is his baby. On other occasions visiting with the company, he's popped in and participated in meetings, and he's been fantastic.
2: And he's clearly still extremely active and pursuing strategic areas of the, the company. And I recall in earlier conversations he's been very emphatic that uh, he expects to continue into the foreseeable future.
1: He does. Um, And and I've found, um, in having dealt with the the company this year and having been a monitor for it a couple of years ago as well, that he's very regarded by the other people in the company.
2: There's also a very interesting culture in Flight Centre, very egalitarian culture. So you go to their executive offices, it's open plan, And CEO Screw Turner has a stand-up desk adjacent to other senior company people, but also much more junior staff. And uh, I was told that this was viewed very positively by uh, less senior staff. So it's an unusual, but I think very positive company culture.
1: Mm. When we were there a couple of weeks ago, we walked past Screw's office and you wouldn't know that it's the CEO's office. It's, it's very functional. You would think it would be just anybody in the company's office. There are a lot of desks, but certainly no ostentatiousness about it whatsoever. And the door was wide open. Anybody could have walked in. So it's obviously very open culture.
0: Not lots of uh, leather and mahogany.
1: No, none <laughs> at all. None at all. You know, this was this was office works type stuff.
0: Yep. <laughs> That's good good to see. And I saw mention in your reporters that they also encourage experienced employees to remain with the company and that the incentives that they provide extend far beyond other industries.
1: They do. They've got a very unusual remuneration program. It's difficult for us to analyze using ASA guidelines because it is so different. It's like no other company we've ever come upon. Everyone gets, you know, a fixed salary and everyone also gets the opportunity to earn cash bonus, which is not ter- usually terribly big, maybe, maybe 10% of their fixed salary. And as well, after that, they have three or four other programs to give people a sense of ownership in the business. One of the bigger items is they're called their business ownership scheme or the BOS scheme where employees actually pay money into the company to take an ownership interest in the part of their business that they control. So they've got their own money in the business. So someone in a shop would have put money into to buy an ownership interest in that shop. And then when the shop is profitable, they receive a certain percentage of those profits. Similarly, if you are the guy in charge of, say, North America. You would have paid in a much larger amount of the local shop. And you too would receive a, a percentage of the profits earned by perhaps North America. And if you stay there for a long time, up to 15 years, when you leave, you get a multiple of the last year's profits in addition to the profits earned that year. So if you leave after 10 years and your share of the profits in that, section of your business would have been hundred dollars well you after 10 years you'll get 10 times that amount so it's a really great incentive to keep people there and to keep them pushing to make more profits for the business they also have a long-term rewards program which is share based participants can receive up to 15 percent of their targeted base salary as base rights and if they stay between three and five years the a bit of transition, the company will give them another share. There's also an, inshi- an employee share plan where employees are allowed to buy shares. And if they stay more than two years, the company gives another share. So, at all sorts of levels, there are a lot of opportunities for employees to become owners of the business. And that we think encourages them and it really aligns their interests with those of shareholders.
2: And there's a very heavy emphasis in the annual report on uh, staff retention. So the, a number of the senior executives, there's a description of uh, how long they've been with the company, where they started, and very often it was in quite modest retail roles. So it's clearly another part of the company's culture.
1: Very much so. Do you remember, Mike, the story they told us about why Flight Centre is headquartered in Brisbane. When Turner came back from Europe, he was going to move to Sydney, but he couldn't get a loan to buy a house in Sydney. But they came to Brisbane and a banker in Brisbane gave him a loan for a house. And that's why Flight Centre is based in Brisbane. But now that banker who gave them the loan now works for Flight Centre all those years ago, and he's still there.
0: That speaks to the quality of the company, doesn't it? It does. So The voting intentions are all in agreement in terms of the remuneration report and directors being re-elected. Is that the case?
1: Yes, we'll be voting in favour of the remuneration report. We also need to vote on the re-election of John Eels as a director. He's been there eight years now. And I do want to say how pleased we are with his shareholding in the company. One of ASA's guidelines is that a director should own one year's worth of Base fees after having been there for three years. Well, two years ago, when the share price was in the $60 range, John Eales only owned 89% of his base fees in shares in the company. And now, two years later, with the share price absolutely pummeled by the COVID crisis, he now owns shares to the value of 129% of his director's fees. So we are delighted with that improvement. And as well, two other directors their their shareholdings are a bit light, but having you know having the, the share price dropping from sixty dollars down to fourteen, um, we're not going to complain about that right now.
0: <laughs> and are there any questions that you'll be asking at the meeting?
1: We generally don't forecast what what specific questions we'll be asking. Mm-hmm. We always though do stick to the topics that we have discussed in our pre AGM and anything we might have to vote on.
2: Okay. Yeah, one thing, Phil, we might uh, – it's a comment rather than a question. Yep. It, it's interesting that despite being so hard-pressed from a cash and capital point of view in the last few months, Flight Centre uh, continues to pursue uh, what they describe as technology-driven investments. So clearly, they are taking further stakes and additional stakes in, in particularly – online travel companies in the US. And I would think this would position them well for the eventual recovery in the travel sector. And incidentally, in his commentary uh, in the annual report, Screw Turner, the CEO, doesn't expect full recovery until uh, FY23 or 24. So there's clearly forward-looking, forward-thinking going on
0: in the company. Yep, very much a long-term gain.
1: In our pre-AGM meeting, there were a few positive things. They told us that France and Germany are, are at about break-even at the moment rather than losing money, so that's a highlight. As well, they told us that they thought once this crisis is passed, they thought Flight Centre will come out to be leaner and stronger and more competitive into the future.
0: Okay, Kelly and Mike, thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Oh, it's our pleasure. It is indeed. Bye. Bye-bye.